today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star in the east and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard of this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen in the east until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Grace and peace to you, beloved. iPad is being weird. It's good to be with you on this beautiful Sunday morning. I am Pastor Amy. I am the pastor of Morning Star Church, in case you haven't met me yet, and it is a privilege to worship with you. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A few early mornings ago, I heard someone yell, Mom, from one of the bedrooms. So I followed the voice, opened the door, and found Olivia Kay, our three-year-old, standing on her bed in the dark. It was really early, so the sun was not yet streaming through the blinds, and her nightlight had gone out. So it was really very dark in her room. I walked toward her quickly, and I reached out my arms to pick her up, and she wrapped her legs around me, and she nestled her head between my neck and my shoulder the way that toddlers do. She said, I scaled. She was scared of the dark, and we all are. Maybe not the literal dark, but we're all scared of something dark that threatens our safety or our security or our comfort. We're often afraid of strife and pain and loss. 
because of what will be required of us to move through them. The path to healing is one that seems impassable to us. It's a journey that we would rather not take. I wonder if the Magi hesitated to begin their journey. Our text for today tells us that they had traveled to the place of Herod in the southern kingdom of Judah looking for a young king. The passage that Amy read for us this morning is one that we read every year after Christmas in the celebration of Epiphany. That's why our Advent and Christmas decorations are still in the sanctuary this morning. The Christmas season begins on Christmas Eve, and it carries all the way through to today. And for many of us, the word epiphany has come to mean having a great idea. But it's really something more like a revelation that comes from outside of ourselves. And in the time of Jesus, epiphany referred to the appearance or manifestation of a divine being on earth. The story of the Magi is unique to Matthew, and it's critical in the narrative of Jesus' life. So every year, we take time to lift up some of the details that are often misrepresented in some of the retellings. First, we don't really know how many people we're talking about. My slides do not seem to be working. There we go. Thank you. We don't know how many people we're talking about. We sing We Three Kings, but that's pretty much in reference to the three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We don't know how many people were actually in the search party. And also, we call these people kings, but the word magi tells us we're probably talking about priests. Priests who were searching the sky. They were trained in astrology. They were looking for signs of divine presence and work in the world. And the Magi did not find Jesus in the manger. In our nativity scenes, we place the Magi on the other side of the stable from the shepherds, like we have done here this morning. But their journey was a long one, and it's more likely that they found Jesus a couple of years later. Where's Cole? Right there in the back, probably around Cole's age, maybe a little bit older, a toddler who was probably afraid of the dark. Now, there's no need for us to change our lyrics or alter our language or to correct our nativity scenes. It's okay to have traditions that speak to the heart of the story that aren't necessarily in line with all of the details. But it's also important to recognize that with the Magi, we're talking about people of great faith who were looking for signs that God was present and at work and were willing to take a journey of discovery, not knowing where it would lead them or how long it would take. The Magi were curious. And curiosity is a quality of faith that often goes underappreciated, especially in our culture when we value certainty so highly. But a faith without curiosity stops us in our tracks. It is only a curious faith that keeps us following in the ways of Jesus, that keeps us willing to be directed by the Holy Spirit, that keeps us open to the guidance of God in our lives. Curiosity is the gift of epiphany. 
And it's one of the reasons that we so often use the star as a symbol of our willingness to grow. They followed a star. They were willing to take a journey, to learn, and to grow. You may remember our practice of star words last year. Or you may have observed this practice in other faith communities. The star word practice invites us to remain mindful of a specific way that God is calling us to grow at the beginning of any given year. Last year, many of us at Morningstar selected one of four words that relate to our mission and our vision. Does anyone still have your star? I know for the longest time, Rick Kiley kept his in his pocket. Yeah. Our mission is to point people to the grace of God. We worship God with gratitude. We include others with humility. We seek to alleviate suffering with healing. I hope you have your star word, and I hope it's been a helpful practice for you as you've experienced some growth in the last year. And truly, this practice can be really helpful for us to remind us that God is always shining light on our path. But the light shines in another direction, too. The light of God doesn't just shine on us. It shines within us. Jesus told us this. It's true that Jesus said that he was the light of the world, but he also said to his followers, you are the light of the world. Still struggling with the slides there, Stuart. If you could put the next one up. Thank you. He said, you are the light of the world. And you are the light of the world, beloved. Jesus presents this truth as the foundation of his famous Sermon on the Mount. He says it fairly early in Matthew chapter 5, and then he spends the next two and a half chapters talking about what it means to let our light shine. Now, you may be rolling your eyes internally because I reference the Sermon on the Mount quite often, but that is because these words of Jesus direct our action in some really countercultural ways that I believe could make a difference in the world if we could learn to practice them regularly. I'm talking about turning the other cheek and going the extra mile and giving to everyone who asks and loving our enemies and praying for people who hurt us without expecting anything in return from them. I am in no way suggesting that that is an easy way to live. It's a journey, a difficult one. The good news is that we're on this journey together to follow the light that God is shining on our path and to share the light that God is shining within us, pointing others to the truth that human beings that we ourselves can change. We can grow. We can learn to be more like Jesus. We can, and we must. Because people out there, outside of these walls, they connect us to Jesus. They connect Jesus to us. If they know we go to church, if they know we call ourselves Christian, if they, if they know that we practice faith, and I hope that they know these things because our faith it's not a secret. If they know these things about us, then Jesus gets the credit or the blame for the way they are treated by us. That is just the way that it is. 
The truth is, all that some people will ever know of church is you and the way that you act with them, the way that you live. We are all shining something into this world, whether we are intentional about it or not. So my prayer for us is that we would seek every day to shine the love of Jesus, and that is what these stars are about, the little ones. You may remember these stars from All Saints Day, the very first Sunday in November. We gave thanks on that day for the people in our lives who have died in the past year who shared the love of Jesus with us. And we were marked on that day that we understood it was our job to do the same thing. And so we wrote our name on these stars. And if you don't have one, if you couldn't find yours today or you didn't make one, I hope you had a blank star we can have those available to you if you don't have them. We also have stars available for those who are worshiping online. But have your star ready. You will also need your Advent card. I've been talking about this for weeks, so I hope you brought yours with you today. If you didn't, we have blank ones available. We did run out earlier this morning, but we have additional ones right there in the back. Kathy has them. If you would like one, you'll need one of those as well. During the season of Advent, we talked about the gifts of Advent. We talked about hope so powerful that it can put an end to war. We talked about love so vast that it can restore justice. We talked about joy so resilient that it withstands all circumstance. We talked about peace that rests within us because God is with us. All of those would make good star words as well. So if you wanted to choose another star word for this year, you could write that on the star with your name. Now, throughout the season of Advent, I ask you to reflect. Could we go back to the nativity? We're not done yet. Throughout the season of Advent, I invited you to reflect on these truths in a personal way, to to set intention and commitment for this coming year. So we're going to think about that right now. I hope that you already have done this, but we're going to take some time to do it on this side of 2023 with your card in front of you or looking at the screen. We also have cards available online. We're going to take a couple of minutes right now to think about how you want to shine the light on the hope, the love, the joy and the peace that do exist in this world with the help of God's grace. Let's take some time to do that now. What is your intention with hope, love, joy, and peace this year? Okay, write it down.
And now take your star, maybe add a star word to your name and place it on the part that says your star here. So that you have the nativity with your intention and your hope and you have your star. So it's receiving the light of God and it's sharing the light of God in the world. And put this somewhere where you can see it as we are practicing faith with these gifts of Advent and Epiphany. And I want to ask you to turn to someone near to you. And just for, for one minute, turn to someone near and share one way that you seek to shine the light of Jesus differently this year. Just take one minute. Turn to someone. It's okay to talk in church. Share your comments online. What is one way, based on what we just did here and what we've been doing in the season of Advent, what is one way you want to shine the light differently? Okay, if you could turn back. I recognize that this kind of thing can be so awkward at times because you're sharing something personal. You might be talking to somebody that you don't know very well. But this is part of what it means to be on the journey together. This is part of what it means for us to be on the journey together, to be willing to identify our growth areas, to acknowledge ways that we want to be intentional about those areas, to say out loud our commitment, and to admit our need for grace, for the grace to keep putting one foot in front of the other. So what we're talking about here is the curiosity of the Magi. We're talking about a willingness to trust that God is going to shine enough light for us to take that next step. Curiosity. To take the next step together just as they did. And it's this kind of commitment, beloved, the, the real nitty-gritty kind that reveals our, our humanity that Jesus was talking about when he said, let your light shine. Could you help me with that one, Stuart? Clearly my remote is not connecting. Thank you. Let your light shine. This is what calms my scared three-year-old when she is afraid of the dark. It's not just the light streaming through the doorway that brings her a sense of peace. It's what the light brings. Me. Her mom. Someone she can touch and hold and trust and be reminded that she's not alone. None of us are. We're here together, and we have the power to shine light in our everyday interactions. And so my prayer is that you will use that power with the confidence of the children of God, because the truth is you have been created to bring the light to others. You have been created to bring the light to others because the story of your life is starring you. The story of your life is starring you. So let your light shine. Amen? Amen.
As we move to pray together, I would invite the kids in your worship bags, you have a wooden cross. So Daphne, you have a cross in your bag. Mara, can you find your cross? Yeah, Lainey? The wooden cross is something that we can hold and we can be reminded that we are connected with God. It's like we're holding God's hand. We are connected with God and with each other when we pray. So let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for pouring light into our lives. We thank you for those times when the light floods around us. We thank you for those times when we can barely see enough to take the next step. We know that you are faithful to guide us, and we offer ourselves to receive that light and to share it with others. May everything